People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. Episode 41, here with you is, as always, Joe. What's up? And I'm Matt. We are your Ring Crew, and I I know right now you gotta be full of great holiday food and and holiday cheer, and hopefully you're not too broke from Black Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because we both know how that can be, and... I, I, I know you guys are all waiting for this episode because the past two weeks, as we talked about, uh, it's been bracketology, if you will, of bracketology. The, the, the tournament of survivors. <laughs> and here we are. We're finally here. We have all 32 participants. And the brackets were, were released to you to, so you guys can fill them out. At your uh, at your uh, at your will and and go through it as we go along with it and we're gonna go right down through this entire tournament for you and uh, I, I I gotta point out again we were <laughs> we were very fair about how we did this this is completely random yeah thanks to random.org for the list randomizer yeah so I mean there's when, when I was told some of these matches I mean these are like championship final round caliber matches potentially. And they're happening in the first round. But then again, I mean, if you're a fan of, let's say, March Madness, that that, that happens sometimes. It, yeah, it does so, happen. It does happen. You know, so that it, it, it is what it is, and, and that's that's the only way that we could uh, legit do it, do it. So that's how we're going to do it. We're, we're going to go straight through what, uh, what we have, and you guys can follow along. And you could... Uh, Agree or disagree as much as <laughs> as much as you want. So I'm excited to see who everybody else picks. Yeah, absolutely. Please, uh, please let us know that. Uh, so I, I guess without further ado, I'm gonna stop talking about it, and, and we're gonna we're gonna be about it. And <laughs> let's let's do the damn thing. Let's let's start this tournament. Uh, right off the bat, uh, and keep in mind this was all random. Yeah. So, um, but the. Number one seed in the entire tournament, Eddie Guerrero. I'm fine with that. Me too. <laughs> Taking on the last seed or the 32nd seed in Nasty Boy Brian Nobbs. So I, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Uh, judging by all the participants we went through, I think he's he's a safe 32nd seed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he. Uh, I have to even ask. Like like uh, we're gonna do this match. We got, and again, it's important to know that the year in which yeah, these guys so, are picked from. Uh, Eddie Guerrero is the number one seed in this tournament. He's representing the 2004 Survivor Series. Yeah. And then Brian Nobbs is the 32nd seed in this tournament, and he is representing the 1992 Survivor Series. So, without a doubt I mean 2004 Eddie Guerrero again we talked about this during the bracketology you're talking a former world champion oh yeah you're talking a guy who's about to have a, a very hot 2005 of, of course up until his demise his passing 
But uh, not a whole lot can touch Eddie Guerrero at this point. And, and Brian Nobbs certainly doesn't give much, pose much of a threat. Well, no one wants to touch Brian Nobbs, so <laughs> yeah. that's what they have in common. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I, I think easy. This is probably one of our easiest picks of the night. Um, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, takes, Eddie Guerrero. Goes, goes, goes to the next round. <laughs> this is kind of like that first round bye almost. You know? it's, it's, it, was, it was that bad. Um, so, yeah, moving right along. Moving right along <laughs> uh, with the third overall seed. Oh, I'm sorry, the second overall seed, CM Punk, representing 2006, taking on the 31st overall seed. I don't know if I agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, representing 1988, the one and only Macho Man Randy Savage. Man. This is holy shit. This, this, is, this is one of those matches, man. I, I didn't expect to be having to call this match this soon. This is one of those uh, <laughs> following contest type matches. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, CM Punk versus Macho Man. I, this is one of CM Punk's fantasy matches, you know. <laughs> so this is, a, this is one of those intriguing situations here because you have, you have Macho Man, 1988, Obviously, no, nothing is really touching him at this point. Like with the Eddie Guerrero in 04, he at this. But the difference is, he is still WWF champion at the time. Right. He is. Uh, he's on on the hottest roll going going into 1989. And then you have CM Punk, CM Punk, who at this point uh, is about to taste world title in, in the very near future. Uh, is about to have a really good 2007, and next couple few years, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yep. Not just 2007. For my money, this not <laughs> this is not quite following contest because we we, we we have to keep in mind we are we do have to base the year. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where I feel CM Punk fails in this match because as good as CM Punk is, even in 2006. The role that Macho Man is having, I don't think even yeah, Macho even the Man, yeah, Savior can, can Macho can Man stop was him. white hot man. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I think Macho Man takes takes this match against CM Punk because of that because CM Punk again the talents there like he got more talented. It's just as far as where he's at, it's not like Macho Man's a scrub, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> You have uh, you you got a guy who is again white hot. He's the, the, the champ. Nothing's really touching him. Macho Man uh, goes to this next round. I agree with you. I, I think it, it's just he edges him out just by a little bit. Again, Macho Man in '88, white fucking hot. Right. New champ, whole nine. Right. CM Punk just wasn't there yet. He was close, but he wasn't there yet. Yeah. That's just uh, the product of, of, of the year, unfortunately, for CM Punk. <laughs> so Macho Man is, is in. Moving right along to Moving the next Moving right one. along, yes, sir. Um, with the third overall pick, Samoa Joe representing 2018, which, again, you may agree, you may not agree, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, taking on the 2005 representative, and he is the 30th overall seed in the tournament in the Apex Predator, Randy Orton. Man, I, I think 
for me, Samoa Joe is going to have a tough time in this tournament because it's WWE Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter what year I give him at this point. It's it's a WWE version. It's not the same version. 2005 Randy Orton is actually, as much as I don't like to say it, he's actually a good version of Randy Orton. Yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, you know, he's coming off some, like, crazy battles with Mick Foley and, 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 and Chris Benoit and, and Triple H and things, people of that nature, of that nature. And Samoa Joe, as dominant as he still is in that ring, he doesn't win him a whole lot of matches. And that's not really his fault, that's booking. But, uh, it's not helping him here. Yeah, it's not helping. It's not helping the cause. I, I like Samoa Joe, obviously, over Randy Orton. But to be fair in this tournament, I have to base it off the year again, and I got to go Randy Orton over Samoa Joe, and that pains me. Oh, that does pain me. Um, yeah, unfortunately, folks, Matt, Matt's right. If 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 we're if the criteria we're using is the year that they represent, let's face it, Samoa Joe is having a kind of, of a mediocre year. And, yeah. and unfortunately, that's just the way it happens sometimes. And as much as I also would love Joe to go over, uh, it's not going to happen, man. Randy Orton's taking this one. Who made up these shitty rules? <laughs> oh, we did. That's right. That's right. Damn us. <laughs> uh, moving right along. We have the fourth overall uh, seed representing 2015 Bubba Ray Dudley. Okay. Taking on the 29th overall seed representing 2016, the one and only Charlotte Flair. So you have your first intergender intergender match match. of the night. Interesting, (laughs) interesting. What's uh what's your, what's your take on this one? You know what I uh, I could see Bubba Ray just uh, op- running his mouth first and foremost. That that's uh, and that's an understatement. Uh, and I could easily see him trying to get into Charlotte Flair's head, yeah. mentioning her father and 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 whatnot. Um, but you know what, I think. Charlotte Flair toughs this one out, and uh, I think she puts Bully Ray uh, out of his misery right here in the first round. It's interesting that you just called him Bully Ray here because <laughs> he's coming off of that. He comes back to WWE. He's back to being Bubba Ray. Yeah, yep. And the unfortunate thing is that 2015 Bubba Ray and Devon, for that matter, are are, are bad. They're just, they're bad. <laughs> they uh, they come in the night after SummerSlam, I want to say 2015. And they have this great impact immediately. And then they just die. They just essentially die until they officially get euthanized. They're like a dying <laughs> dog. And that's... That's that's the case here, and with Charlotte Flair, let's not forget the the, the twenty sixteen that she's had. 
the year of, of 2016 for Charlotte Flair was not just a breakout year for her. It was a breakout year for women wrestling in WWE. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about it for a different reason earlier before we started recording. But we can't forget that Charlotte Flair, along with Sasha Banks, main evented a pay-per-view, which is a huge ordeal. I mean, women have, have main evented Rawls and SmackDowns in the past, but never a pay-per-view. Right. And again, and it wasn't. And it wasn't just a pay per view. Keep that in mind. It was a Hell in a Cell match as well. <laughs> She's doing Hell in a Cell matches. She's doing False Count Anywhere matches. I'm pretty sure there was another specialty match that she she had, 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 was doing in that okay. year. I mean, she was putting her body on the line for sure. Oh yeah. In ways that that Bubba Ray wasn't, and I, I think for me this is an actually an easy pick. It's Charlotte Flair hands down, because uh, you're not going up against two thousands Bubba Ray. No, you're not. He's a shell of his old self. He's not allowed to be the bully because of WWE, and you know we gotta play by the same rules. And again, Charlotte Flair is, is no slouch. You know, again, I'm not trying to make excuses to why Bubba Ray would lose. But I'm trying to give you an understanding to why Charlotte Flair is going to be not only win this round, but be a tough opponent in, in, in future rounds, So, which we'll get into obviously later. So, yeah, to me, Charlotte Flair goes to, to round two. All right. Uh, representing the 1989 Survivor Series, we have our fifth seed in the tournament, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, taking on the 28th seed overall. Representing 2014, Natty Neidhart. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> as as we see the New Era Heart Foundation on the TV screen in the background, as always, Matt and I are watching wrestling as we record. And in this case, we are watching an episode of MLW Fusion. You can catch the show on YouTube for free on their YouTube channel. If you have BN Sports, it's also available every Friday. Saturday, if if you don't have BN Sports, it's fine. I don't have it either. Catch it on YouTube at when? 6.05. So catch it every Saturday. Every Saturday you got wrestling, Tony Schiavone, Matt Stryker, Call the Action. It's, it is a fucking great show. <laughs> I, I can't get enough of it. This is the second time I've, I've watched this particular episode. Uh-huh. And uh, I, it's like watching it for the first time for me. Like This is a really good match. Nice. Excellent. I'm going to be distracted a little bit. <laughs> uh, moving right along, though. Um, oh, actually, no. I'm not moving right along. we got to do this match, though. Mr. Perfect versus Natalia. A rivalry renewed as far as... Uh, yeah. Henning, yeah. Henning, Kurt Henning in the, in the hearts. In the hearts, yeah. <laughs> Man, you just can't get away from him. Shit. <laughs> so... What uh, what year again? Remind me. What year was uh, Natalia being represented? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Natalia, not necessarily her best version. No, and you know what? I again, I think this this is this seems to be playing a bigger part than I had expected. This yeah. whole year criteria, this year rule, because nineteen eighty nine's Mister Perfect was uh, just that man. I mean, he came in with a bang. He didn't, you know. He again, he's not a slouch to begin with. Right. Um, you know, when he first got into the WWF, he was coming from the AWA where right. he seemed to be like a fucking big fish in a small pond. Right. So, uh, I'm I'm giving this one to Mr. Perfect. Yeah. I am too. Um 
Natalia again. Natalia, Natalia's lost. I love Natalia. I, I do. But she's definitely lost the, the spark that was there in the uh, when she made the, came into the scene in the late 2000s. It's just, it's just not there anymore. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... If it's just uh, her being mis- mismanaged, well, I know a lot of it has to be- do with her being mismanaged, and uh, it's interesting too because Mister Perfect doesn't stand out to me that much either because of what you said, and and, and again, you're talking about a Mister Perfect in a big man era where he's just a worker. Yeah, that's all he is. He's a great worker, but he's never going to be a champion in that era. The least. You know, you look at Mr. Perfect and let's say in, in 2014, probably easily world champion if handled correctly. I mean, we were still talking oh, about yeah. Vince McMahon <laughs> right. calling the shots. But <laughs> then again, I feel Mr. Perfect in 2014 in his prime wouldn't be in WWE anyways. No, I don't think so. But uh, but that's not the point here. But uh, I, to me, Mr. Perfect uh, definitely takes Natalia. And uh, Natalia is the first woman eliminated uh, in this tournament. With the sixth overall seed in the tournament, uh, (laughs) representing 1990, the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. Whoever his opponent is, (laughs) he's going to (laughs) win. Taking on 1996's representative, uh, number 27 overall, Bart Gunn. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he rigged this. <laughs> Hogan politicking again. Uh, <laughs> you did say 1990 Hogan, right? Yes, 1990 Hogan. Uh, it's it's not it's not even a match. It's <laughs> uh, Hogan's going on. In my opinion, yeah, Hogan, un- Hogan t- beats Bart Gunn. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, that's uh, that's the case here. I'm, I'm sure uh, our buddy Paul will be happy. Yeah, Hogan's moving on. Hey, you won a match. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, because you're talking Bart Gunn '96. He's, he's part of the Smoking Guns. They're a successful tag team, but that, nothing more. So much promise from a guy, and then nothing happens. N- nothing good, anyway. And this is still before Brawl for It All, or whatever. Yeah, Brawl for All. Brawl yeah. for All. And, what and a fucking nightmare that was. And you know what, too? It's funny, real quick, how, how... I forget who talked about it, but, like, how crazy it got Bart Gunn over for him winning that tournament. Yeah. And then they fucked it up by actually having him fight Butterbean. Yeah. And getting his ass knocked out right away. It's yep. like... All that momentum, and then you actually have him go into a boxing match with a real boxer, yeah, and gets knocked out right away. Horrible! It's terrible, <laughs> terrible book. <laughs> you you brought you brought that guy up, and then you you killed him. That's all you did. Speaking of bringing guys up and killing them, uh, similar train of thought here. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. With the seventh overall seed in the tournament, uh, definitely not my favorite. Representing 2017, come get these hands. Oh, no. Braun Strowman. Oh, Jesus. Taking on the 26th overall seed, which, again, I don't agree with. Yeah, who see this shit? 2002's representative, the, the one and only Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam. The whole fucking the show. The whole fucking show. I can tell you right now, I'm I'm picking Rob Van Dam. Easily. Yeah. 
easily and and uh, for those who who don't know Rob Van Dam, Rob Van Dam can take Braun Strowman easily. Oh yeah. In two thousand two, when he was still, when he was still like at the, he was definitely leaving his prime at this point, but he was still in it, and he was still putting on a hell of a lot, hellacious matches, taking crazy bumps, doing crazy moves. And he was wrestling big guys, too. He was doing it against the big guys as well. Braun Strowman is no exception. Braun Strowman can't hang with a guy like Rob Van Dam. No, there's no fucking just, way. just can't. He wouldn't no know what to do. No fucking way, yep. He doesn't know what to do, how to handle it. Rob Van Dam is going to make Braun Strowman look stupid in that <laughs> ring. And which, which we brought up initially with Rob Van Dam when we mentioned him in the qualifying matches. Right. It's just what he did. Like, he was that good. Yeah. Whether, whether he tried to or not... He he just made his opponents look like fucking so silly, so yeah. silly. That again, I don't need. I don't feel the need on a wrestling podcast, and I'm sure you feel the same to sell Rob Van Dam. If if you don't know who Rob Van Dam is, and you, you listen to this podcast. First of all, thank you for listening. But <laughs> do, do your, your homework. homework. <laughs> do your homework. That's all I can say. I'm not going to insult you, but do your homework. Rob Van Dam is a fucking monster in that ring. Yeah. Uh, a real monster. Yeah, a real monster among men. <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman is just really big. So, uh, Braun Strowman, get the fuck out of here. You didn't belong to begin with. Rob Van Dam is moving on to the next round. <laughs> and that's playing fair. That is playing fair. Uh, here's an interesting one. With I'm excited the, about this With one. the eighth overall seed in the tournament representing 1993, the hitman, Bret Hart, Taking on the 25th overall seed. Again, don't agree with that one. Representing 1994, Bam Bam Bigelow. And according to you, future Hall of Famer. I'm, mark my words, man. Take it, it to Vegas with that it, one. It, I'm should, telling it you. should happen. <laughs> uh, it's funny, too, because... So, if you go back to uh, to part one of our Bracketology... I just like saying that word for some reason. <laughs> um, I had to do a little bit of selling for for Bret Hart. I, I had to fight for Bret Hart because because uh, of Luger, and yeah. you know Luger is definitely uh, the bigger guy of the two. He's kind of kind of like the John Cena of the nineties. Yeah, of, of, unfortunately, uh, yeah, Jesus. And um, you know, it's almost like selling an uphill battle for Bret Hart. Which I, I I did win that one, but uh, his first round opponent is another huge guy in Bam Bam Bigelow, and it's like fuck, can I do it again? Um, I gotta go Bret Hart still. I yeah, get, yeah, I, I love Bam Bam. Uh, I, I I I I don't need to be sold on Bam Bam. I, I I do do love it. This is probably to me the first real tough one. Of of the first round, like the one that is is really flip a coin. I'm gonna go Bret Hart by the uh, slimmest of margins. I still think he is too too damn hot uh, about the, going into '94 and you know win 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 the title and 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 pretty much become the face of the company. Like he is right there. It is the finish line is in sight. He's not there yet, but he's it is right there. For the taking, Bam Bam Bigelow doesn't quite get the respect that he deserves. Not just by many wrestling fans, but WWE. Um, 
I, I think his best, I, actually, I know his best days were not in WWE anyways. That's true. And uh, I just I just see Bret Hart overcoming the stature in this case, and uh, and he takes he takes this, this round. And I'm it, it's I'm torn because I want to see both those guys have a good run, but again, it's one of those those matches we talked about before we started uh, doing this episode, where this could be potentially a championship round match. Yeah, and we're doing it in the first round. First so. round. Uh, for my money, I like to hear your take on it. But for my money, I got I got Bret Hart. You know what? Uh, I was all set and ready to give you this argument about Bam Bam, and then you said something that resonated very heavily with me, and that was, he didn't have his best years in the WWF, he had them elsewhere, Right. and you know what, I wholeheartedly agree with that, even when they, uh, you know, even with matches like him versus Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania, right. you know, things like that should have been much more of a defining moment for Bam Bam. Yeah. And they they turned out to not to be. Like, he had so much more to offer. So, you know what? I'm sold. Bret Hart moves on to the next round. Sorry, Bam Bam. That sucks. Yeah. But, uh, Hall of Famer, man. <laughs> yeah, speaking of suck, with the ninth <laughs> overall seed in the tournament representing 2003, uh, John Cena... All right. Yeah, uh, going up against the 24th overall seed representing 1999, it's the Big Show. The Big John Show. John Cena versus the Big Show. This is one of those matches I could give two fucks about. Is this shit and diarrhea? It is shit and diarrhea, <laughs> yes. Shit and diarrhea revisited. All right, so. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I can't fucking stand John Cena, so yeah. Big Show is my pick. Big Show is your pick? Uh, big Show is my pick, too. But uh, I do want to say real quick, <laughs> I I guess if I had to pick a year of John Cena, it would be 2003, which was the most tolerable year for me. Um, you got to keep in mind, there is an age difference between me and Joe here. and uh, Only physically. I'd be belated, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, the 2003 Matt viewer was like an evolving uh, viewer of wrestling. You know, when I first started, it was gimmicks, gimmicks, gimmicks. Good guys, bad guys, all that shit. And 2002, 2003, it was, I, it was like the, 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 the building blocks of me being a viewer of the wrestling that I, I watch now, of how I am now, where I, I don't take things at face value. I read between the lines. And believe it or not, and again, keep in mind, I, I'm, I'm beginning to become what I am today. I, I saw John Cena, and I was like, wow, this guy has potential. Yeah, and that's the thing that's shitty about this. He yeah. has all the fucking potential. I love I love the, the, going back, I mean, it's it's well documented now, the match when he had against Kurt Angle. It was nothing yeah, spectacular about no. it, but it was like, wow, he hung with Kurt Angle. I think this guy's got talent. He hung with Chris Jericho. I think this guy's got talent. I never liked the Doctor Thugonomics, but no. I I still liked the quality of matches he was having. It, I thought it was they were they were good for the most part. It was 2004 and on when he kept winning every fucking match, and then you started to see the decline in the quality of matches. Yeah, pretty quick. It wasn't like a steady decline. It was almost like a drop. <laughs> 
that's the reason why I hate John Cena. But if we had to have a John Cena in two thousand, uh, a John Cena in this tournament, which we do, I'm glad it was two thousand three because that's still a tolerable John Cena to me. That being said, Big Show's still having a much better ninety nine. Yes. Uh, you know, you look at Survivor Series ninety nine. Not only did he win the Survivor Series match as a as the sole survivor in a handicap Survivor Series match, but he also wins the heavyweight title or WF title that night too. So the big show is the uh is the winner in my book as well. I just I just wanted to point out that this is not a complete hatred of John Cena. <laughs> John Cena is not quite Hulk Hogan to me. Wow. And <laughs> I, 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 I I not it's such a heavy sentence. <laughs> it, it is, it is, because I hate everything about Hogan. And it's 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 all gonna be Put out there for everyone to hear in a f- very near future. <laughs> I can't fucking stand anything about that guy. Uh, he's one of the worst things to happen to professional wrestling. I don't give a shit about. I would take professional wrestling in a fucking circus any day. <laughs> as I was been told, he took he took wrestling out of the circus. Put it back in the circus <laughs> if that means Hogan's fucking out. Because, anyways, we'll, we'll go more into that later. I'm not gonna go into that tangent. But yeah, John Cena's not quite Hulk Hogan, but he's not as good as 99 Big Show. So We hope you're enjoying uh, our Soul Survivor Tournament as it stands so far. We're a little more than halfway through the first round brackets uh, of this, this massive tournament. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back. So please, stay tuned. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to wear. Hell no, I'm not better. But I am smarter. I'll bow to the masters. The masters over at Rays. Rays will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat, for your favorite places to shop online and in store. They have any place you could possibly think of, and they even have discounts on ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber in case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information. Information on raise and discounted gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. And we got two words for you. Save money! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are smack dab in the middle of our Soul Survivors Survivor Series tournament, uh, the first round. And again, we have always have wrestling on the background <laughs> as, we're, as we're recording. And we're watching MLW Fusion and uh, what Matt referred to as two crazy old fat guys <laughs> in a match between PCO and L.A. Park. And you know what? You couldn't be more right, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't had the chance to watch PCO live in action, um, 
It is quite the experience. I don't want to say it's a good experience or a bad experience, <laughs> but you're going to leave there it's a something. changed person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this dude is... He clearly should just not be wrestling. And then on top of it is... He's just... He's bad. He's bad. He's a bad actor. He's He doesn't sell shit very well. It's just... It's comical, but also sad. He's, he's like a sad clown. But... Uh, Getting back on the topic <laughs> of our Soul Survivor tournament, uh, we're a little more than halfway through, actually, and uh, we'll before the break we were talking about the the problems with John Cena, yeah, and why Big Show won that match, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna continue on here with the tenth overall seed representing 1995. Dead Man himself, The Undertaker, taking on the 23rd overall seed, representing 2011 Survivor Series, Wade Barrett. Interesting match. Yeah, very interesting match. Um, admittedly, I wasn't watching too much uh, 2011 right. WWE, so... I don't have a whole lot to say about Wade Barrett. Uh, what I did see, I liked. Right. So. If I'm not mistaken, 20... You said 2011, right? 2011, yes. I think this was post-Nexus. I, I believe so, yeah. And uh, I don't know if he was doing that whole core, the core bullshit. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, everyone forgot about that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Wade Barrett's a good talent, actually, and he's a product of a lot of a lot of injuries. I remember actually, there was one in particular where he separated his shoulder in the middle of a match, Ooh. and with that same arm, he's pissed off because he's injured again, and he's already been prone to injuries in the past. And he takes his arm and he slams it on on the ground, and hurts himself even more, just out of anger, <laughs> and like he just doesn't care. Like he's just like fuck it, I'm I'm hurt, so I might as well just reaggravate it some more, right? It's it's stupid, and I'm pretty sure he knew it was stupid, but he's one of those type of guys that I always felt had the right mindset for the business. Unfortunately, just didn't have the body to keep up with it. Um, Wade Barrett, I, I think, gives a good match to the Undertaker, but uh, I got Undertaker going on, and it's not the best Undertaker in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's 1995 Taker. Yeah. So he's he's not. I don't think he's even necessarily reached his full potential at this point. No, but uh, I still got him over over uh, Barrett. But uh, what do you think? What do you got? Uh, you know what? Uh, only because uh, essentially the same two reasons. Barrett is is uh, accident or well, not accident prone, but injury prone. That's a better word. <laughs> And uh, Taker, Taker again. He's not. He's not met his full potential as the Dead Man. But right. but you got to remember, he was such a like a quick star. Right. You know he was stealing the show like almost immediately after he was in the company. Yeah. You know. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one to Taker as well. Especially, right. especially in that year, him being so young with the with the company. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, it's it's uh, it's a. That'd be a really interesting match. Yeah, it definitely, I'd love to see yeah, that match. Definitely would. Um, 
Next up is the 11th overall pick, or 11th overall seed, representing 2009 in the Celtic Warriors, Sheamus. He's taking on the 22nd overall seed, representing 2010, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio versus Sheamus. Sounds like a run-of-the-mill match on a fucking SmackDown. Oh, that's because how they book. <laughs> At this point. <Yeah. laughs> that's how they book it, though. Uh, 2009, Sheamus over two, 2010, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, yeah. Gotta remember, 2009 Sheamus was a really good Sheamus. I I'm, mean, you know what? I'm taking Sheamus on this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, actually. Uh, that was a really good uh, Sheamus. He's, he's um, I wouldn't say he's red hot, but he's certainly a major force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting on some really good matches. Taking some really good bumps, too, that year. That uh, What I liked about it, too, because a lot of big guys, they come in like a Braun Strowman or a Brock Lesnar. They don't take bumps. They they give bumps. They they, they they you know all that shit. But they don't take them themselves. Sheamus was getting his ass handed to him and giving it back at the same time. Again, that that whole give and take relationship professional wrestling goes a long way, and it really helped Sheamus win that crowd over because there was nothing special about his character. I mean, he was an Irish fighter. Like we saw that with Fit Finley, like not that long ago, so prior. So. Why, why is Sheamus any different? And it's because of what he brings to the table in the ring. Again, I missed that version of Sheamus. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the injuries. I don't know if it's the money. I don't know what happened. But uh, you certainly get a very lazy version of Sheamus nowadays. <laughs> but <laughs> but Raven Mysterio 2010, too, just... It's not his best version. His prime is definitely over. Yeah, uh, He's... He's getting saggier for the, the 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 lack of steroids being taken out. Yeah. That's right, I said it. <laughs> he, t- <laughs> he, he took steroids. Um, yeah, to me, Sheamus, I, I think pretty pretty uh, convincingly takes takes his match. Too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Sheamus moving on. This one, this this is all the meat right here, man. In the first round, let me tell you. All right. With the twelfth overall seed, representing. 2000. Okay. The Rabbit Wolverine, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Taking on the 21st overall seed. Representing 1997. The world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. When, when we saw this, after, right after this got randomized, we saw this list. This was the match. We immediately looked at each other and were like, oh my god. God damn! This is one of those. This is one of the. This is one of those matches. Why I call Ken Shamrock one of the biggest disappointments. <laughs> oh man! Because we were so close to getting this match. Yeah. It it, it would have happened. We would have had Shamrock and. We would have. I, I mean, we would have had Shamrock versus Angle. You had Shamrock versus Guerrero. You had Shamrock versus Benoit. And uh, he blew that chance. To, to lose to Tito Ortiz a million fucking times. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, Shamrock versus Benoit. And Shamrock in 97, too. Yeah. So he's um, he's de- he's definitely cut, like starting out in the WWE at this point. 
but he's like he's one of those guys that I think the only guy that went from MMA to professional wrestling seamlessly. Like it's uh, well, these days one at that time, yeah. yeah. These days, one of of select few. I mean, because okay. they, they do exist. Sure, they're, that's fair. They're, they're they're more plentiful now. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Uh, and he just it's like it's like he was doing it forever and and obviously Benoit being Benoit I mean again the you know we, we, we say his name on this podcast and, and he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers that ever laced up a pair of boots absolutely uh who do you got uh, for me I go Chris Benoit yeah I go Chris Benoit without a doubt I mean again, he's going by submission though <laughs> Probably not. No, no. I it's got to be a pinfall. I, I, yeah, I think it's a pinfall. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to make Shamrock tap out, yeah. and vice versa. But uh, yeah, Chris Benoit. Chris, Chris Benoit is not a, a bad word on this podcast. So uh, for those of you who think of of him as such, lighten up, get over it. Uh, we're talking wrestling. We're not talking uh, personal life. So yeah, yeah, um, I agree. But. Even in 2000, Chris Benoit, like, he had his shit together in the ring. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, it's funny how wrestling, you watch wrestling long enough and you pay attention, it changes your life, whether you wanted to or not. And for me, Chris Benoit was, was one of those life-changing people because I, I remember, um, listening to an interview with him and... They were talking about um, his in-ring work, and he made it a point to keep saying that he doesn't like to waste motion in the ring. Everything has to make sense. He tries to think three and four moves ahead so that he's not wasting any energy. Everything has to make sense. Everything has to to be fluid, and and I I used that uh, in at my nine to five because I had a very physical job. Right, and after you know after learning that it just it made sense like you know what it that it, that it's so logical it makes perfect sense why not try to to work that way as well and and I did I yeah. did for a very long time and and trust me it works <laughs> when you when you sit and try to take three and four steps ahead and 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 just be a smarter worker right you know so um yeah Chris Benoit Chris Benoit definitely over Ken Shamrock and I, I do, I do feel cheated that uh, we we didn't get to see all those possible dream matches with with Ken Shamrock. You know, he again, it and, and <laughs> more than likely it was for the money and, and less working dates. But yeah. you know, to sit there and lose the Tito Tito Ortiz a couple times, like, <laughs> yeah. I really hope it was worth it because lose everybody. I I think it. it uh, I think he would have hung around a really long time. In wrestling, in that company, at, at that point, in, in that company, or you know, I know he 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 obviously would have been much older today. But I mean, today's standpoints, I mean, we see old guys, PCO, LA Park, for example. Please don't, no, don't <laughs> use PCO. Well, you know, just just, just staying around. I, Ken Shamrock's one of those guys that has always kept himself in great shape, like a Sting, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's a better example. better example. Okay, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, 
yeah, I could see him against today's generation. Again, they wouldn't be uh, him in his prime, but you know, this is professional wrestling. You can get away with that. Yeah, you can't get away with that in, in MMA. MMA, yeah. you know, UFC, you can because because <laughs> again, they're fake. But uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on, <laughs> the heel returns. Um, here's another interesting one. Uh, with the 13th overall seed representing 2001, The Rock going up against the 20th overall seed representing 2007, the cerebral assassin, Triple H. <sighs> yeah, these two have quite the history the together. The renewed. Yeah, huh? right? 2001 Rock versus 2007 H. You know what? I, I I quite honestly I don't even care at this point. I would just love to see these guys go again. Yeah, one more time, one more time. When not? I mean, obviously not today. Not yeah. I was gonna say versions. no, not twenty eighteen <laughs> versions. No thanks. Uh, I mean, Rock's still in great shape, but he's not. His wrestling yeah, ability no, he's... just. We saw that with uh, with John Cena. So, <laughs> uh, uh, who you got? Who do you got in this match? 2001 Rock, 2007 Triple H. I'm going with The Rock. You got to remember, too, like, this is this is The Rock. Well, actually, for both guys, this is, like, their last, like, great year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for The Rock, it's because he is going full-time Hollywood. Yep. But, uh, you know, has the match again against Stone Cold at WrestleMania. You know, does does some great spots with Booker T in that year, with Kurt Angle that year. Uh, just huge part of that whole invasion storyline, keeping Team WWF together. Uh, he 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 has a great 2001, 2007 for Triple H was also good, um, but he is wrestling the likes of like the Big Show. And, yeah. John Cena. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different roster. Yeah. So Big that... Fish Little Pond. <laughs> so uh The Rock in two thousand one beats Triple H in two thousand seven. Alright. With the fourteenth overall seed in the tournament representing two thousand thirteen, Roman Reigns taking on the nineteenth seed in the tournament representing nineteen ninety eight Kane. You see, a lot of people are not going to look at this as as a big deal, but I, I do because it is a big deal. These guys are in their prime. These yeah. guys are in their their, be, their best forms, in yeah. my opinion. Oh yeah. So you got you know, I, I'm not, I, I for lack of better words coming to my head right now, big dog versus big dog, but <laughs> but again, like like legit players. 2013 was a phenomenal year for Roman Reigns. At 98, Kane. Was damn near untouchable. Mm-hmm. So, where do you go? Like, where do you where do you go from there? And you know what's what's intriguing too, because I said this uh, last week. Um, we were talking about uh, Roman Reigns and the bracketology, and Roman Reigns. I, I said, reminded me, and that time reminded me. Although again, not as good, not nearly as good, but reminded me of a new version of the Undertaker, a big guy that can do things. That big guys yeah, usually he, can't do. Yeah, he shouldn't be able to do. And it's interesting too because he's facing against Kane, who <laughs> in '98, who was his biggest rival, it was the Undertaker. So, and he couldn't beat him. Yeah. 
You know what? Uh, for the for the juggernaut that was 1998's Kane, I'm actually going to give this one to Roman Reigns. So and, am I. And, and I'll tell you why. Because we've seen it time and time again. And again, you guys can be angry with me all you want. When Roman Reigns has to face someone at the top of their game, they escalate him, and he answers right back. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I am not a Roman Reigns fan by any means. Right. I'm simply making an observation. Yeah. And it's the truth. Go back and watch his matches with AJ Styles. Yes. AJ got in there clearly much more seasoned and um, just a better overall wrestler. And because he brought his A game, yeah, Roman Reigns was able to elevate himself to his A game. And it made for one hell of a rivalry. So I'm taking that logic, applying it to this match. I say Roman Reigns takes it. Yeah, I mean, for for Roman Reigns, he it, it's frustrating because he becomes essentially what John Cena became in a sense where he got he gets lazy because he doesn't have to. Yeah, he doesn't have to yeah. play his A game. Yep. And and that's 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 the thing for for all you, for all you WWE fans, you got to understand. Is that you boo the guy, but you're the reason why he is the way he is. Yeah. You because you accept yeah. you it, created that monster. <laughs> yeah, you accept that form of wrestling as good as the gospel. Well, what's stopping a Vince McMahon handpicked guy to be at that level? You allow it to happen. Don't hate it because you again you created it. it, it it's Roman Reigns reminds me of the the, the 2018 college football here, Northwestern Wildcats. I'm a huge Northwestern fan. They are, they're going to the Big Ten Championship. Congratulations. But they they play, they they, they beaten ranked teams. Mm-hmm. The only team that they haven't beat ranked was Michigan, which they lost by two points. Okay. They lost to, like, Akron by, like, 30 points or something like that. <laughs> they Rutgers, who has, like, one win, they, they had to beat double overtime. You see this a lot in sports. You see, I saw this with the Cubs this year. You're losing against bad teams, or you're you're barely beating bad teams. But when he, when you're playing like the good teams, it's like, oh well, we got to step our game up. Yeah. No matter what what sport you play, or what match who you're facing in a match, bring your fucking A game every single time. Yeah. Because uh, it shows. It shows. It's lazy. You know, I get some matches are gonna be better than others. I get. When you're a WWE wrestler or a sports entertainer, you wrestle 150 fucking matches a year. It's it's hard to bring your A game every time. I get that. But when you're on TV especially, you better represent yourself the best you possibly can. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it, it, it would have been interesting to see where Roman Reigns would, would end up. Uh, obviously, he's going through the, uh, the whole leukemia situation right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that... The, the laziness was there and it was very it was very apparent because I stood stood by the big dog for so long and it just got to a point where it's like I can't defend this <laughs> I can't defend this lazy form of, of of wrestling it's just it's not good but I agree Roman reigns steps his game steps his game up and he beats Kane I got no problem with that all right 
with the 15th overall seed in the tournament representing 2008, Beth Phoenix taking on the 18th overall seed representing 2012, Dolph Ziggler. Wow. <laughs> this is our third intergender match of the tournament. And uh, yeah, wow, wow indeed. Um, I don't know how to feel about this one. I really don't. It's tough because 2008 was a great year for Beth Phoenix. Absolutely. Dolph Ziggler had had a had a really good 2012 as well. Like this is like the last maybe maybe one more year. Uh, so 2013 then. What about was the last year where Dolph Ziggler was like a legit player? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like. Where he's at in the company. I mean, I get he's a former Intercontinental Champion in 2018. But, uh, you know, let's call it for what he is. He's a glorified jobber. He, yeah. gets, he gets paid to be that, and he's accepted that. This is a tough one for me. Beth Phoenix is, is, is a dominant wrestler. The, the only thing where she lacks in comparison to Charlotte Flair is competition. And True. It, it's, it's really easy... Uh, kind of like what we talked about, Mister Perfect in '89, coming from AWA, if you will, to be that big fish in a little pond. And you know, she had the likes of like Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres <laughs> and Michelle McCool and these nothing wrestlers. And it's you accomplish a lot, but it's like it's like beating a, a, a video game on easy yeah did you really beat it did you really beat it so for my money Dolph Ziggler takes it it's it's a good year for him yeah you know it's a, it's an interesting point you bring up because uh, again you know you're these years keep getting in the way <laughs> you know but you're right Beth Phoenix didn't have that uh that roster to to back her up to to give her a little more legitimacy. Yeah. Um I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but No, no, me neither. Um yeah, for for, for this tournament, yeah, Dolph Ziggler's going to have to take this match. The show off. And with our last first round match, the 16th overall seed representing 1987 the inaugural inaugural year of the Survivor Series, Jake the Snake Roberts, taking on the 17th overall seed, representing 1991, one half of the Road Warriors or Legion of Doom in Hawk. What a way to finish off round one. Yeah, uh, I'm. I already have my pick, and uh, I'm gonna go with Jake the Snake. I think 1987 for Jake the Snake. It's a hell of a year. It was a hell of a hell year. Of a year uh, much more than Road Warrior Hawks 1991. Yeah, uh, Hawk, although much more successful than Bam Bam, I, I'm going to say a similar thing. Yeah. His best years were not in the yeah, WWE. It's just not. It just wasn't. So, uh, Jake the Snake had a hell of an 87. Just really at the at that, that prime point in his career. Great character, great in-ring work. He- this would have been a hell of a match, though. Heavy hitting match, a lot of a lot of physicality, in my opinion, and a lot of good just ring work overall. And he's got a better mind for the business too, man. Yeah, you ever get the chance to listen to? For those of you who haven't, there's an episode of Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast with Jake the Snake on there, 
and they talk about the lost art of selling, yeah. selling in a match. Dude, that that episode alone is like a, a fucking clinic on how to sell, when to sell. It and it, it just happens almost like, like obviously they're talking wrestling. That's what they're there to do, but right. it almost happens by accident. Because that's not what they necessarily <laughs> intend to talk about, you know? So, but, uh, oh my god, yeah. Jake the Snake, 1987. Yeah, it gets, it gets lost from a lot to a lot of people because of the, you know, the well-known, you know, problems that Jake had with, with addiction and things of that nature. How great of a mind he was in that ring. Oh, I yeah. mean, people, people tend to forget, like, he was that guy that you would go to to bounce all de- ideas off of and things of that nature, whether you work for the company or not. Yeah, man, he easily could have been a booker had he kept, you know, kept on the straight and narrow and just buckled down and and stayed working. I would have loved to have, have seen a, a company ran by Jake the Snake. Hell yeah! Oh my god! Give you give him the right especially, financial backing, especially with all these young guys. Oh my god, dude, we we'd be in hog heaven. Man. Yeah. Uh, you give him the right financial backing, he's gonna take any small promotion and make it into a, a superstar show. But uh, as far as a wrestler, nineteen eighty seven, he's also good enough to be Road Warrior Hawk in ninety one. And uh, Jake Snake wraps up round one. Round we one have, is done and in the books. We have a sweet sixteen. <laughs> so that's our sweet sixteen, folks. Please don't forget to join us next week for round two of the tournament. This has been a blast. I, I just the matches that have come up alone in the first round were like holy shit. Especially Benoit and Shamrock. Yeah, <laughs> that one right there. Um, fucking take my money. Just take it, you know? <laughs> There's a ton of matches I love to see. I love to see RVD fucking make Strowman look stupid, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him like, look at this idiot thinking he can wrestle. Um, we hope you had fun. We hope you picked uh, some good stuff. Share it with us. Share it with us online. You can do that uh, on through our social media. Again, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash 20x20crew. You can uh, comment there. We're going to have the brackets in our Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Meet us there. Share your bracket picks with all this bracketology going on. Um, You can also send us picks elsewhere through Instagram. Share some some photos with us. Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. You can also check us out on Twitter at 20x20crew. Again, we're available on YouTube where I'm sure we'll revisit some of this uh, at a later date as part of the following contest, which is our exclusive YouTube experience. Check that out at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. You can always email us 20x20crew at gmail.com. And of course, our home on the web our domain, 20x20crew.com. And that's going to do it for us this week. Again, we'll see you next week, episode 42, working on the second round of this massive 32-participant fantasy tournament. And, uh, again, we hope you're enjoying the holidays. And uh, until next time, we will see see you in the the ring. ring.